Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Would I have everybody turn their Bibles this morning to Exodus chapter 20. We'll be continuing in the catechism going over the Ten Commandments this morning. We'll be looking over the Second Commandment. As you turn in there, I'd like to read something to you in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20. You don't have to turn there. King Solomon says here, For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. There's none of us that could keep the law. Paul said that the law was a schoolmaster to bring me to Christ, to show my sinfulness, and to show me that I needed a Savior. Our question this morning is, what is the second commandment? <clears throat> and you could read along in chapter 20, verses 4 and 6. It says this, that Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, or as that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture right here, he says that I, the Lord, am a jealous God. He demands our worship. He demands our affection. He demands our attention. And he's not willing to share it with another Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. We, we thank you for your word, Lord. As it says in Psalms, that your word is a light into our, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path, Lord. We pray that you would enlighten us with your word this morning, Lord. Show us marvelous things out of thy word, Lord. Descend upon us this morning by your spirit and give us understanding of what you desire of us, Father and not what we desire of you. Help us in this. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. If you would, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 32. <clears throat> and first we'll look at what is required in the second commandment. The second commandment requires the receiving, observing, and keeping pure and entire all such religious worship and ordinances as God has appointed in his word. We cannot conjure up in our own minds, okay, well, this is how I want to serve God. No, we must serve him the way he says that we must serve him. He is the God of the universe. He makes the rules. We don't. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 46, it says here that, And he said unto them, Set your hearts unto all the words which I testify among you this day, which ye shall command your children to observe to do all the words of this law. Not some of them, but all of them. It, it is a direct commandment. This is what I require of you. Turn to chapter 12 of Deuteronomy. 
chapter 12, verse 32, very similar verse here. Whatsoever thing, I'm sorry, what thing soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereunto, nor diminish from. Jesus had much trouble with the Pharisees and Sadducees in his earthly ministry because they added to the commandments. And he told them this, he said that you add the doctrines of men as if they were the commands of God. Look in the New Testament in Matthew chapter 28. You see that this is not only an Old Testament principle, but this is a New Testament principle as well. We all know verse 19, it's the Great Commission. Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel, baptizing them the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. John 14. Verse 15, the chapter where Jesus promises that the Holy Spirit will come. He says this in verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. You'll see this commandment keeping not only in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well, the Old Covenant as well as the New Covenant. But we know that the keeping of the commandments is not for righteousness sake. Why do I keep his commandments? Why do I love him? The scripture says because he first loved me. It is an act of love that we keep his commandments. John 15, one chapter over. Beautiful passage of scripture, how he speaks that he is the vine and we are the branches. Verses 9 and 10. And he says this, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. For even as I have kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Jesus is painting a correlation right here. Love me the same way I've loved my Father. How did he love his Father? He was obedient. To what the Father asked of him. Keeping the commandments is an act of love. Secondly, this morning we'll look at what is forbidden in the second commandment. The second commandment forbids the worship of God by images or any other way not appointed in his word. If you would, turn a couple books over to Romans chapter 1. In our society today, Romans chapter 1, we've, we've heard a lot of preaching on this. <clears throat> and this morning I'll talk about a lot of false doctrine, a lot of false religion, a lot of false Christs. 
that are in our society today that disguise themselves as Christianity and how this is a breaking of the second commandment, worshiping God the way he said not to, or worshiping a false God. Romans 1, look at verse 22 and 23. It says, Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Sounds very familiar in the end of Deuteronomy when Moses was up on the mountain with God receiving the Ten Commandments. And the people came to Aaron and said, Make us a God. So he asked them to bring their earrings and their nose rings to him and he formed a calf. And what's said in the Scripture not Aaron said this, but the people said this. Oh, Israel, these are the gods that brought you out of Egypt. A golden calf molded by the hands of a man. Just as it says here, they worship the creation other than the creator. Deuteronomy chapter 4. If you go back there, you don't have to. I could go for you. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 15 and 19. I'm sorry, 15 through 19. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves, for ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake unto you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire, speaking of out of the mountain at Mount Sinai when he gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. He said, lest you corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars, even all the hosts of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them, which the Lord thy God hath divided unto all the nations under the whole heaven. Now this is before they made that calf. Was God not very, very specific of what not to do? but yet they did the very thing that God said not do. Matthew 15, 9, I'll read it to you. Jesus said this, he said, speaking of the Pharisees, he said, but in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. The one who is not born again, the one who does not have the spirit of the living God in them, will refuse to worship God the way that he commands to be worshipped. Turn to Colossians chapter 2, if you will.
Colossians chapter 2. Paul tells the Colossian church here about improper worship. Dwelling, delving, I'm sorry, into things that you should not. Speaking of false teachers bringing in doctrines of men. Let no man beguile you of your reward and voluntary humility in the worshiping of angels, intruding into those things which he hath not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. You've seen it today in Christian television. How many books are there out there about this person having a trip to heaven? or this person having a trip to heaven, or this person had a trip to hell, or something like that, and they get great book sales. They're vainly puffed up in their mind. No man has seen this. False doctrine, false religion, in order to make merchandise out of you. The text here says that they are puffed up by their fleshly mind and not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourished, ministered, and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Their focus is not on the Lord Jesus Christ. Their focus is on these extra-biblical experiences. They want experience. They don't want the crucified Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 11 False Christ, false doctrine. The breaking of the second commandment. Second Corinthians chapter 11, look at verses 1 through 4. Paul says here, Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. Remember what he said in Exodus 20? I'm a jealous God. And I will not share your affections with another. For I have espoused you to, to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preacheth another Jesus whom you have not preached, or if you receive another spirit which you have not received, or another gospel which you have not accepted, ye might well bear with them. Another Jesus? Another spirit? Another gospel? Yes, my friends, there are many spirits. There are many gospels. There are many false Christs that have gone out into this world. And you could be very, very honest and very, very sincere in your religious actions. And you could come to the end of your days when you pass from this life to this next and you have worshipped the wrong Christ. You have believed the wrong gospel. And you have been fervent in your religion. 
and you will hear the words of Matthew 7 spoken over you. You did it unlawfully. Depart from me. I never knew you. It's very, very equivocal that we worship the true and living God, not false Christs, not false religion, not false doctrine. Jude chapter 3, I'm sorry, Jude verse 3, he only has one chapter, pardon me. <laughs> Jude speaks of this. He speaks of this false religion. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. In other words, what he wanted to do, he wanted to write this letter and speak of the unity that we have in Christ and the fellowship that we have with one another and the blessings that we have because of what Christ has done, on us, done for us on the cross. This is what he wanted to do. But he says... It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. These were not people coming in bringing drugs and adultery and alcoholism. They were preaching false doctrine. Damnable heresies. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, that how the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, after at words destroyed them that believe not. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains unto darkness, unto the judgment of that great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities like manner, giving themselves over the fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. He gave examples of what happens. And then he goes on in verse 8, he said, Likewise, also these filthy defilers, I'm sorry, dreamers, defile the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignities. Yet Michael the archangel, with contending with the devil, disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring him a railing accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. Have you heard them on Christian TV and Christian radio today that they will stand with their fists raised and they will speak to the devil and they will say, I bind thee, Satan, in the name of Jesus, like they have authority over him, like they are God Almighty themselves. Defilers of the flesh, the Scripture calls them. It says that Michael, the archangel, the archangel of war that the Bible speaks of, durst not do that. But you and your fleshly pumped up mind, you think you could do that. No, sir. You cannot. It goes on to speak in verse 10. It says, But these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beast, and those things they corrupt themselves. Verse 11, Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Cain, the scripture speaks of, is being a seed of that evil one. 
not born from the Spirit above, and ran greedily after the heir of Balaam. Balaam loved to prophesy, but for profit. How many TV preachers that you see today? If you send me your money, God will bless you. Balaam. That's who they are. The Joel Osteens, the Joyce Myers, the Creflo Dollars. They want your money. Brute beasts. And I'm not trying to be uncharitable to them, but it's false doctrine. And if you follow that false doctrine, it will lead you to hell because there's no salvation in it. And perished in the gainsayings of Kor. These are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds they are without water, carried about of winds. Trees whose fruit is withered without fruit, twice dead and plucked up by the roots. Raging waves of the sea, foaming out their own shame. Wandering stores. Notice here, to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. They claim to be the most spiritual people on the planet. The scripture says that they have reservations in hell in the darkest, blackest part of it because they lead people astray and they lead, they're supposed to be sending people to Christ and they're sending them to hell. Verse 14, And Enoch also the seventh from Adam prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousand of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and of all their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. He goes further to say, These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust." In their mouth great speaking, great swelling words, having men's persons and admiration because of advantage. They want to stroke your ego because they want something from you. They don't want to deny themselves and pick up their cross and follow Jesus. They want to move things around to where they could get advantage in this earth. Their God is mammon. They want the wealth of this world. And they will use Christianity and drag Christ's name through the mud in order for their own profits. But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. They have the tag Christianity on it. But it's earthly. It's sensual. It's devilish. These be they who separate themselves, sensual having not the Spirit. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. This stuck out to me in verse 21, study and keep yourselves in the love of God. What did Jesus say earlier in John 14 and 15? If you love me, keep, keep my commandments. 
do it the way I said do it, not the way the world says. Second Peter chapter 2, if you'll turn there, Peter speaks of very, very similar, the same thing here. very fervent about this this morning because I was entrapped in this in one time in my life. I'll tell you a story. I had two family members at my house and we were sitting down at our kitchen table and I was presenting the true gospel to one of them. One of them was an unbeliever. One of them was a self-proclaimed Christian that was a charismatic. And the conversation come up about baptism. And I said this, I said, there's not enough water in the face of this planet to wash away your sins. The Scripture says that without the shedding of blood, the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, there is no remission of sins. The charismatic family member was angry at what I said. Ran off into the bathroom and wept and cried. And come to find out later, she believed that the gospel that I presented to the other family member was a damnable heresy. And that the only way that person could be saved is by Acts 2.38 to repent and be baptized for the remission of sin. Nothing about the blood. Nothing about the cross. But that family member claimed to be more spiritual than I, and, and I'm not, not about lifting myself up, but the truth is the truth, people. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Water baptism does not save. It's a false doctrine. A false doctrine that will lead you to hell if you have not put your faith in what Christ has done on the cross. Not in your baptism. Not in walking an aisle one day and saying a prayer that you made a decision to follow Christ. No, sir. That's not salvation. Salvation is a Lord Jesus Christ dying in your place for your sins, keeping the law where you could not keep it, living a perfect life. That is salvation, believing in He is your substitute. Second Peter chapter 2. Look at verses 1 through 3. Peter says here, but they were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies. Not just bad teaching, damnable. Damnable that will send you to hell. You believe a lie instead of the truth and you believe that you are religious, but there's no salvation in it. Even denying the Lord that bought them and bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And this is a sad part here. Many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. These people claim to be Christians and they drag our Lord Jesus Christ's name through the mud. And through covetedness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. And he goes on in the next verses, just like Jude did, to give examples of Sodom and Gomorrah. 
and things like that who are reserved for such damnation. Exodus chapter 34 verse 14, it says, For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord whose name is Jealous. And in that text, Jealous is all capitalized, every letter is a jealous God. Why is He a jealous God? Because He wants you to Himself. He doesn't want you to chase after false gods. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you eternal life. Turn to Him if you do not know Him this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 will wind down. This morning, a couple more verses. First Corinthians chapter 10, verses 21 and 22. Speaking of the Lord's table here, very familiar text. We go through this every first Sunday. Verse 21 says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. Do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than He? No, sir, don't do that. Do not provoke the Lord to jealousy. I'm speaking more to the unbeliever this morning than the saint. Isaiah 42, verse 8, I'll read a couple scriptures to you. It says here that I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. He will not give His glory away. Why do we worship Him? Because what He has done for us. He said in Exodus chapter 20, before He gave the Ten Commandments, the preamble you could say to it, I am the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of bondage. Therefore, do these things that I ask of you. I have saved you. I have redeemed you. I have proved my love to you by what I have done and sent my Son on the cross to pay for your sins. Obey me. Worship me. Give me the glory that is due unto my name. Psalm 45, verse 10 and 11 says, Hearken, O daughter, and consider, and incline thy ear. Forget also thine own people and thy father's house. So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord, and worship thou him. He's worthy for us to walk away from everything that this world has to offer. All vanity of vanities. King Solomon spoke in Ecclesiastes. He tasted everything that this world had to offer. Hard work, drinking, concubines, everything. And at the end of his conclusion, he said this, All vanity of vanities. This is the whole duty of man. Worship God and Him alone. That is the point of our existence. That is the point of our life. Let's finish in Psalm 96 this morning if you turn there. Read five verses. And it shows here that we need to render to God 
what belongs to Him. Psalm 96, starting in verse 4. Verses 4 through 9. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. An idol is something that's fashioned by a man's hand. And it has to have nails nailed to it on a stick to make it sturdy so where it doesn't fall over. Why would you worship something that needs to be propped up? I'm a carpenter. I understand these things. After a while, when you leave these things out, the wood fails, the nail fails, and it falls over. Why would I worship something like that? Honor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory due unto His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. O worship the Lord in beauty of holiness before Him all the earth. The second commandment. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or as that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow thyself down to them nor serve them for I the Lord am a jealous God visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children upon the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord. We, we thank you that you alone are worthy, dear God. You are worthy of all our praise for your great love that you have shown us, Lord. Not only have you given a commandment for us to follow, but you have proved your love by what you have done on Calvary's cross. That you loved us so much, the scripture says that even when we were dead in our trespasses and sin, Christ died for the ungodly. And for those that would put their faith in what he did, he would save them from the wrath to come when he comes to judge the earth that last day. Oh, we praise you for it, Lord. We pray that if anybody would be in here this morning, dear God, or here over the internet, Father, this message that they would turn from their sins, that they would turn from their idols, that they would turn to the true and living God and the Lord Jesus Christ and be forgiven of their sins. We praise you, Lord. We pray for the next hour coming up. Father, have thine own way in it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen.